0: all agree in that there be no divisions among you, but that you be made complete in the same mind and in the same judgment. Where do you think you get that from? How are we all going to have the same mind and the same judgment? In the Word of God. The only absolute truth there is. As you know, we're going through our small group Bible study. We're going through our book, I Am a Church Member. And so we're hoping and praying that all of you have signed up for one of those groups. And, and uh, if you haven't, it's not too late. There's, there'll be four of the groups here at the church this, this evening at 530. Come and join one of them. Of course, we have some other groups. You can look online. You can get one of the cards in the foyer and please sign up for one. We have books, little, little short books that anybody can read. And if you haven't gotten one, come by my office, and I'm gonna, after church, I'm going to go into my office at the doorway, or bring the books to the front maybe, and you can come by and get a book. But it's important. I am a church member. What does that mean? We're all going through that because it's important that we all know what it means to be a church member, okay? And now we're also integrating our Sunday mornings for this six weeks, and we're talking about how we love our church. And so, so we all love our church. Everybody say Amen. And so, what does that mean? I love my church, and we talked about it last week what that what that love looks like, and does it mean you love the idea? No, that means that you love one another. and so it means you 're functioning. It means you're functioning in the way is that you love each other. The church is the people, and we love each other. It's not about what the building looks like. It's, it's not about the philosophy of ministry. It's about each other. And you're never going to know what it means to love the church until you start loving the people in the church. Everybody say amen. And so that's what that means. We talked about being a functioning church member in our small groups this past week. And that, that functioning church member, meaning that uh, we give abundantly and we serve others. It's not about entitlement. It's not what other people can do for me, but it's what I can do for others. doesn't mean people aren't going to do for you, but our attitude is to give abundantly and to serve others. And that's how we show our love. One way we show our love to each other. Right, everybody? And now we're going to look this morning at community. We're going to be looking at community and about about I am unifying. Now, um, our Bible should be open to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And before I get there, um, fences. Um, we've all got fences, don't we? Um, and, and fences, they come in all shapes and sizes and styles and I guess some are short and, and some, are, some are tall walls and some are fortresses or whatever it is, but, but, but we know what fences are. Now, fences are designed to do what? To keep things in or to keep things out, right? One of the two. But you think about the average home. It has a fence around the perimeter, The average home, not all homes, but but the average average home has a fence around the perimeter of the backyard. backyard. Now, the front yard in a lot of homes are always kept really nice. Um, You know, the grass is always cut. The flower beds are neatly trimmed, and the flowers are out, and and it's made to look very pristine, right? Um, But in the backyard, it's different, In the backyard, you know, we've got this perimeter around the backyard and this fence. And in the backyard, you know, the the grass is cut and and maybe not cut as often or as nice and you don't have that real deep Bermuda grass or something in the backyard. But also in the backyard, you know, you got the kids' toys, you know, you got the jacuzzis and you got the dogs that run in your backyards and you got the piles of, you know what, in the backyard because of the dogs and the cats. And, 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 and here's, here's what we want to see this morning is, is that a lot of times we'll, we'll build a fence around the perimeter of our backyard. We make our front of our yards look really nice, but our backyard is where we live. We sometimes we live our lives in such a way as that, um, is that we're, we're, we're like that analogy, is that we want everyone to see this about us. But we don't want people to see who the real us are. We built we're good at building fences in our life. Can I have an amen on that? You know, we 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 come to church sometimes and 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 we have that same mentality. You know, I'll I'll come meet you at church and and I'll shake your hand and I'll I'll smile at you and I'll be nice to you. But as soon as I'm out of here, I'm going home because I've got a built in this part of my life you can't have no part of but but you can have part of this side but not this side does that make sense to everybody and and we're like that I think and 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 it's not because there's something wrong with us it's because it's how we're we think but I want to challenge us this morning that that's not what Jesus Christ had in mind when he died for our sins when he born the church, that's not what he had in mind. When, when he when he saved us by his grace through faith and when he set the captives free, when he gave us this opportunity when he when he when he crushed it, he crushed those fences that we like to make so much because what he wants us to have is he wants us to have true fellowship for Christians to have true fellowship and and to have true community and that's what his desire is. Now, but unfortunately, a lot of us like to live our lives with these fences around us. God wants us to live connected with him and connected with one another. Listen to me, unified, unified. God wants us to know true community or true fellowship. Okay, 1 Corinthians, look at it with me real quick. Chapter 1, verse 10. I hope y'all got that up there. I know I didn't put it in my notes for you, but... 1 Corinthians... Chapter 1. Okay. Everybody look at me just for a minute. And and, um, Paul is writing to the Corinthians because there is division in the church. Division in the church. And, it, and, it, and, of course, the Holy Spirit is writing this, and God has inspired Paul to write this to them to put that nonsense away and to make the main thing the main thing. And so he tells them here in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10, and let's go ahead and start in verse 9. He says, God is faithful uh, through whom you were called into fellowship with his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And so that's that community, you see. Now look at verse 10. And and talking talking about the division, talking about their problem in Corinth, he says, Now I exhort you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all agree and that there be no divisions among you. Look at what it says. No divisions among you. None. We're born by the blood of Jesus Christ. There's one Lord, there's one salvation, there's there's one baptism. Listen to me. He says for there to be no divisions among you. It's like someone said a while ago, we're going to have different preferences, we're going to have different likes, we're going to come from different places, but I read here it says to let no divisions among you. Can I have an amen? amen? Unity. Unity. Look at it. That you all agree in that there be no divisions among you, but that you be made complete in the same mind and in the same judgment. Underline that, in the same mind and in the same judgment. Well, where do you think you get that from? How are we all going to have the same mind and the same judgment? From the Word of God. The only absolute truth there is, right? Right? Now look at the next verse. For I have been informed concerning you, and here we go. He's fixing the he's fixing a bustum one. <laughs> For I have been informed concerning you, my brethren, by Chloe's, by Chloe's people, that they are that there are quarrels among you. Now, I mean this that each one of you is saying, I am of Paul, and I am of Apollos, and I am of Cephas, and, and I of Christ. Look at verse thirteen. Has Christ been divided? No. Listen, there's supposed to be unity in the body of Christ. The same mind and same judgment, and it all comes from the word of God. We make the big things the big things, the main things the main things. We leave everything else alone. Everybody say amen. Amen. Now, there has to be unity, and there has to be unity in this fellowship and in this community of God. Now, look over with me at Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19, please. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19. Because we're born again believers, because we're part of that, of that, of that Christian faith, because we are called disciples, because we are Christians. And everybody listen, we're, we're Bible teaching this morning. This isn't Ron Fox's philosophy. This isn't, this isn't modern philosophy for the 21st century in Decatur, Texas. This is Bible teaching. This is how God intended us to be. Everybody say amen. This is not Ron Fox. This is not my view, and this is not my interpretation. This is what God expects from all of us. God expects us to love our church. He expects for each one of us who call the name of Jesus to be functioning, and he calls for each one of us to be unifying. He calls for us to be a community of believers who love Jesus Christ first and foremost and be of the same mind and of the same faith and of the same judgment. Unity. Hebrews chapter 10, and here it is in verse 19. A new way of living, he says, Therefore, brethren, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he inaugurated for us through the veil. Remember that veil? What was that veil? Anybody? That veil was that piece of cloth that was separated the outside to the holy of holies where God's presence was. But when Jesus died and when he rose again, that veil was torn and split away because that's what Jesus accomplished at the cross. And when he was resurrected, he tore that veil so that men and women like you and I could have be in the presence of God all the time. Everybody say hallelujah. hallelujah. That's what he did. And that's where the unity and that's where the community starts with Christ. And here it goes on to say in the verses, he says... Um, Verse 21, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, who is that? It's Jesus. Let us draw near with a sincere heart. Underline that word sincere. A lot of people don't have a sincere heart. They just want to just draw near to God to get what they want. But, but we need to have a sincere heart to do it for Christ's reason and for our love for him and our love for each other. You see it? A sincere heart. In full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled, oh, I love this, our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water only through Jesus Christ and the relationship with Him. Can you have that, you see? Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for He who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stimulate, here it is. And let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assemblies together as in the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. Let's pray. We love you, Father, and we thank you for Jesus. And we thank you, Lord, that we have this new faith and we have this new life, this new way, and that, Lord, um, no more is it about us, and it's not... um, I am Cornerstone, or me, Baptist Church, but it's Jesus' church. And Lord, we want to be part of that church that encourages each other, that loves one another, that edifies one another, that's unifying, and Lord, that we're, we're all born under that same spirit and that same baptism in our one Lord. And Father, this morning, I pray that you'll just, if there's one here that's never experienced salvation in Jesus Christ... And that this morning, Lord, that they'll call upon you as Lord and Savior and that they'll be part of that family of God and, be, and have eternal life through Jesus Christ and can have victory in life today and tomorrow and for eternity. And, Lord, I pray for the rest of us, Lord, that you'll just open our hearts and, and to have us to hear it. We need to hear that we could be um, um, better church members and uh, more sincere church members, and just to have your way in for Cornerstone, Lord, just to be the lighthouse that you'll have us to be. We love you, and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Um, let's, let's go back just, just a minute. Let's go back to our fence just for a minute, and then we're going to—we we got, we got two and a half points this morning, okay? It's going to be short. Did uh, you ever hear that before, Two and a half points. But let's go back. Um, Let's picture our lives again as a yard, if you will. If a lot of us were honest, we would admit we'd like a good fence. We like a good fence. Christians, we like a good fence. We get comfortable showing people certain things. And not certain things. We want to show people our front lawn, but boy, we don't want to let them in our backyard. We'd like for them to see our nicely manicured, beautiful grass, if you can keep it that way. But of course, if you have, like me, you have moles and armadillos, you're going to have problems, right? That's a joke. You can laugh a little bit, all right? Anybody else have problems with moles and armadillos? I got them tearing up my yard. But anyways. But it said, but you know, we like to put that, that nice welcome mat at the front door and, you know, make everything all decorated looking good. The front yard is, is what we show people, but the backyard, that's different. That's the real us. And getting in there is tough and it's by invite only. Amen. I don't want you to see the parts of my life that aren't so pristine. I don't want you to step in the dog piles of my life. I don't want you to see the things that that I, that, that I don't want you to see because I want to look this certain way and I want to live my life by myself and I want to do this and give God this, but I'm not going to give you this. I'm not going to let you see this and I'm going to keep this part of my life separate. Is that how God intended Christians to live? Is that how God intended for born-again believers and born-again believers to have fellowship and commune together? Is that how he intended it? But that's what we do. And and look, I'm guilty just as well as you are. Not as bad of you. I know some of you. I'm kidding around. But but listen, I'm just making a point. I'm your pastor, and I love you, and I'm taking God's word. I want to apply it to your life. That's not what God intended for us. He intended for us to live life together, to be in community together, which that word community just means to fellowship. And it means to do life together. When I need help, I call on you and you need help. I call, we call on each other. We help each other. If you're going through something, I help you. If I'm going through something, you help me. It's doing life together. And to do that, we've got to, we've got to not build fences in our life. That's all we're saying this morning. And we've got to do life together. We have to be unified And all the way we're going to be unified is if we love each other and know each other. And that's what these scriptures are saying that we read this morning. Now, I have just a couple of points for you this morning. And uh, number one, if we intend to love our church the way that God wants us to, then number one, we have to first know that Jesus Christ crushed all barriers. Listen to me. Jesus Christ crushed all barriers. Before we can even talk about the fence that we put between us and people... I think we need to realize the barrier that existed, or maybe for some this morning exists, between you and God. Look with me at Hebrews again, chapter uh, 10, verse 19. He says, Therefore, brethren, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he inaugurated for us through the veil that is his flesh and since we have a great priest over the house of God let us draw near with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith having our hearts sprinkled clean from all evil conscience and our body bodies washed with pure water now the holy spirit is talking about the fact that because of Jesus, we now have a way to come to God. Isn't that great? We now have a way to come to God. You know, back in the Old Testament, you know, they had the, holies, the Holy of Holies, and, 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 you know, they had a priest that went in there, and they made the sacrifices, and they did this, and they did that. But it never would complete to allow anybody to come by themselves to God. But Jesus came and he lived the perfect life, and he died for our sins on the cross. And the Bible says that, when He again, when he raised from the grave, that veil was rented. And now the only access we need to God is through Jesus Christ himself. He took care of that. Sin nature, listen, sin nature has built a barrier between us and God. And as a result, man wants to keep God out of their lives. Satan wants to keep man from connecting with God as well. Jesus has literally destroyed this barrier so that we can have a way, listen, to come to God. Even though God destroyed this gulf between him and us, here's the thing, Jesus destroyed all that stuff, why? So that we can have communion with him and with each other, right? You follow me? But what do we do? He crushed that fence, if you will, that veil, that barrier that kept us from him. He crushed it so that we can have fellowship with him and with others. But what do we do? We go around picking up those pieces and trying to rebuild that walls in our lives, those fences in our our lives. And we're just because we want to give God this. We want to give him this, but we don't want to give him that. As as born-again believers and we fellowship together, we want people to see this, but we don't want people to see that. We won't help here, but not here. You can know this part of my life, but not this part of my life. That is not what God has intended. Listen, number one, Jesus Christ crushed that barrier so that we can have unity and community with one another. And if you're here this morning, and if you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, I want you to know that God destroyed that barrier because without him doing that you have no way of having a personal listen to me a personal relationship with him but he destroyed that and all that you have to do is to in your heart and your mind when he calls you to salvation is that you acknowledge that and admit that you're a sinner and you call upon him as lord savior and master repenting of your sins and by professing with your mouth and believing in your heart that jesus christ is god and he was raised from the grave and you too shall be saved and then that bare. That he crushed, that veil that he rented, that where you could not be in his presence, you'll enjoy that for eternity. Amen, everybody. Yeah. If that's you this morning, if 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 you don't have that relationship with him, you have to know that he crushed those barriers so that he could have a personal relationship with you, and to be in community with him, because there's that community with him, there's that unity with him. And then that's with others. But first, we have to know that that barrier is taken down between us and God. So, let me ask you this morning, do you know, do you know, do you know, do you know that you've trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and that that barrier between you and Him is gone? Do you know that for sure? If you don't, then I ask you to pray, and I ask you to come forward when we give the invitation and to call upon Jesus Christ to be your personal Savior. Amen? Number two, point number two. Now let me just finish this just for a second. Romans chapter 3, verse 23, it says, for we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans six twenty-three. of the Romans wrote, you know it. He says, because of that sin, we'll never get to God on our own. Romans chapter 5, verse 8, it says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10, it says if we will just confess our sins, that this, that this barrier will come down, and it says that we're saved, this barrier that keeps us from having a relationship with God. Then Romans ten thirteen Jesus will never deny anyone, because it says, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Listen to me. Jesus Christ this morning He will not deny you. Amen. He won't. Turn to me with the Hebrews chapter two, just for a minute. Hebrews chapter two. And verse 10 and verses 10 to 15 upstairs, please. But realize that the barrier between you and Jesus has been crashed by him on the cross. Surrender your life to him. Draw near to him and draw near to each other. Point number two, allow others, because of this barrier being eradicated, we now are supposed to allow others into our lives. Allow others into our lives. Um, we're not independent islands, right? You know, we come to this building, and we sing songs. We have our Bible studies. You listen to the message. We smile. We say good morning. But we do it all from behind our fences, our, our, our presets, our our, our boundaries. Now you might be thinking but but, but pastor you said that Jesus uh, broke down that fence, that barrier. He did. For every single one of us Jesus has broken down the fence and made a way possible for us to be with God. But how does that impact us as a people? People meaning us plural, plural as a community. You see it? Imagine, imagine this. Imagine all of mankind standing before a fence of sin, and it just comes tumbling down. And when Jesus died on the cross, it just came tumbling down. And when he resurrected from the grave, that just came tumbling down. And so when I draw near to God to become his follower, um, there's not a fence anymore. Follow me. Everybody look at me and follow me. There's not a fence anymore, which means there's no fence in the existence of of the community of God. There shouldn't be. But what we do is we start taking the wood up off the ground and we start building our own fences, our own boundaries, our own set of rules of what I can do, what I can't do, and what you can do, and what I can't do, and what's right and what's wrong, and this and that and that and this and who and that and this. That's what we do. Now, I want I want you to open your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 2 verse 10. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 10. Everybody listen. Unity. And in your small groups tonight, wear your steel-toed shoes, please. Have you read your book? <laughs> have you done your work? If you haven't, shame, shame. Jesus knows your name, but you need to go to your you need it you need it you need to go to your group tonight, okay? Because we're wanting to be stronger believers in Jesus Christ, unified, 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 okay? And if you don't have a book, you come see me after church this morning, and I will give you a book. By the way, if you've got a book. Those cost us $5 a piece. If you'd like to put $5 in the offering plate you know, to pay for your book, that's fine. If you don't, that's fine because we believe that this is, I believe that this is an important book that you can put in your hand and it will make you a stronger member and a stronger Christian for Jesus Christ. Okay? And so, um, but look, but here's, here, here it is. Jesus brought us together. Did you all know that? All of us. If you're born again like I am, and I know that I am, do you know that you are? Then we're going to spend eternity together, so we better get along. (laughs) Jesus brought us together in the blood of Christ. Look at it, and I love Hebrews chapter 2, verse 10 to 15. Look at it. Everybody look at it. This is God's word, absolute truth. There's no mistake in it. It's infallible. It's inerrant. This is God's word, and this is for us, and this is what He says, and this is what's happened to us. And we forget it. We forget it. We forget it. We forget it. We put we put blinders on as we walk through life, and and we and we we pick up these non-absolute truths, and we we guide our lives by it. And all they do is they make they make us not they make us not be who God wants us to. To be as Christians. This is what God wants us to be as Christians. Not your experience, not any of that stuff, not how your parents raised you, it's what's in here. And here's what it says For it was fitting for him, for whom are all things, and through whom are all things, and bringing many sons to glory, to perfect the author of their salvation through suffering, that's talking about Jesus, of course, because the Scripture is saying here, of course, is that Jesus is is better than the prophets. Jesus is better than the angels. Jesus is better than Moses. And so he's talking about Jesus. He's telling these Jews, leave all of that junk behind. You don't need any of that stuff. You don't need the Torah. You don't need the law. You don't need the temple. You don't need the Holy of Holies. You don't need the priest. All that stuff is passed. All in shadow But what Christ has completed. Put it all down. And he's saying, for it was fitting for him who, Jesus, for whom are all things and through whom are all things, and bringing many sons to glory to perfect the, the author of their salvation through suffering, for both he who sanctifies and those who are sanctified are all from one Father, for which reason he is not ashamed. Look at it. For which reason he is not ashamed to call them what? That's us. That's us. Right? We're in it. Hey, Brother Sean. <laughs> we're, we're brothers and sisters in Christ. And he, now, hold on. That's not the best part of it. Keep, keep reading, okay? Keep reading. Hebrews chapter 10. He says, saying, I will proclaim your name to my brethren. This is Jesus. And he's saying that he will proclaim our names. He's not ashamed of us. Community. Community. We are brothers and sisters. We are we're to be unified in Christ. Unified, unifies. He says, in the midst of the congregation, I will sing, what? Me? 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 Does that get you? I mean, do you see the unity, do you see the community, do you, do, you, do you see it here, the fellowship, what Christ intends for us? Okay, look at verse 13, and again, he says, I will put my trust in him, and again, behold, I am the children whom God has given me. Verse 14, therefore, since the children share in the flesh and blood, he, he himself likewise also partook of the same because Jesus Christ was 100% man and what? 100% God. That's right. That through death he might render powerless him who had the power of death. And who is that? That's the devil. And might free those who were who, who through fear of death were subject to slavery all their lives. Ladies, he set us free. Jesus Christ came to this earth and he set us free from that bondage from sin and brought us into a community, and he calls us brothers, and, and and he is not ashamed of us. That's who we are. That's what we are. And that's all I want you to see this morning. You see the unity in Christ, the unity in Christ, and how we're to treat each other. And then, but most of all, of how we build fences in our lives, and we try to give, we try to let people see this and not that. Listen to me. I'm not saying don't go home and tear down all your fences in your yards. Don't do that. Because I've seen some of your backyards. You need to hide that stuff. I'm kidding. But but spiritually speaking, we need to make sure as believers and brothers and sisters in Christ that we put some unity with each other and some community and and do life together. Amen, everybody? Point, Point number two and a half. Here you go. Enjoy the company. Hebrew says, let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. Look at verse 24. That's exactly what it says. Let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. Now, okay, look at what it doesn't say. It doesn't say, hey, let's all get together <laughs> and let's stimulate someone to be angry. Or how we can make someone mad. Or how we can make someone think that my way is better than their way. It's not what it says. It says, let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. That's got to be our focus, ladies and gentlemen, as a, as a, as a church, is to focus on, 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 on stimulating one another, encouraging one another to love Jesus Christ to love the Word of God, to love their church, and to do good deeds and let everything else go away. We are to look for ways to encourage one another to love and do good deeds. Beyond church programming and sermons, listen, it's seen beyond the walls and fences. And the thing is, these things don't happen automatically because we still have a sin nature. We still have the old man fighting us all the way through. We have to each one of us die daily, each day. Mortify, the Bible says, put to death those things. Because this doesn't happen automatic. You gotta be responsible and you've got to be mature. Amen. This is it. Take some ownership realize that this is everyone's job. It's not the staff's job. It's not the deacons or the trustees. This is everyone's job. Take some ownership. Realize this is everyone's job, not everyone else's job. We all need to work at it. It doesn't matter if you're 10 years old or if you're 95 years old. This is everyone's responsibility. If you are sitting down and waiting for everyone to come to you, then you are sitting in the wrong spot. Can I have an amen? As you leave this morning... Love your church. Listen, love your church. Know Jesus has, has, has crushed that fence. Jesus has crushed any barrier. He's crushed it. Allow someone in your life. Enjoy their company. Start considering how you can connect with others. And it may be that, that you need to get connected in our one of our Sunday school classes. We've got women's Bible studies fixing to start up. Men's Bible studies start starting to back up. Get involved. And listen to me, you know, encourage each other, um, inspire each other, consider doing that and and to get people to love and to do good deeds. Unity. That's unity. Amen. Let's all stand and we're going to pray.